Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 218 of At Odds with Wrestling. Joe and Adam here. Adam, hello. How are you? I'm doing good, Joe. I am as sober as a priest on Sunday. Uh, I'm going to sing the Just the Two of Us song in a minute or two when I clear my throat. Uh, should be a good show. I was going to say, I sound better. This is the first time the, uh, like... The the last remnants of that cold that I've had for like almost two weeks now is finally gone, you know? Yeah, oh, well, I, sh- I certainly know about that cold, Joe. I experienced it for like three hours last week. Yeah. <laughs> had a, a, a delayed a bunch of schedule and some other stuff uh, from the week before. Uh, After Dark was jammed up with Longbox Heroes. And it's just a lot of questions. It's like, where's After Dark this week? Like, people messaging me. I'm like... Longbox Heroes was after dark this week. You know, I had to record one thing for that. And then you're tweeting out, like, you put up back-to-back tweets last week that said, like, oh, somebody, like, I finished off a six-pack during the recording of the show. And then your next tweet is, somebody's drunk during the show. (laughs) Hint, it's Joe. And, like, literally the two tweets are right next to each other. And people contact me. They're like, you didn't sound that drunk on the show. And I'm like, look at both of Adam's tweets. (laughs) I lacked a little consistency in my tweeting, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, and they contradicted each other, is yeah. all. Uh, here's one thing I'll say about me. Of my many, many, many flaws, one of them is not uh, the ability to drunk tweets. And what I mean by that is my stuff might not make sense, but it's always very well typed out. Like, you can, I don't, I'm not one of those people that has, like, just nonsense, words that don't make sense, or or bad spelling. You can't tell by like the formatting of my tweets that I'm drunk. You could tell by them not making like them contradicting each other. If that makes sense. Every now and then, like I just replied to our friend uh, Tom Green, um, a tweet of his, and there was there was no capitalization, but there was correct punctuation, right? Mm-hmm. And I tell you, man, when I see these people with like their hot takes on on on, t- on social media, and like there's no punctuation, there's like th- sometimes a word will have like six spaces in between the word, no apostrophes and stuff, uh, no capitalization, like I mentioned, tons of misspellings, and I'm like, I can't take a single thing that you take seriously because you're very clearly stupid, and if you're tweeting from your phone, which you probably are, it auto-corrects everything for you. Yeah, a a couple weeks ago, somebody DM'd me and was like, holy shit, they they liked a tweet that I sent out, and they were just like, that was hilarious, which doesn't happen a lot, because I don't know if you know this, Joe, I'm not much of a social media influencer, so when it happens, like, I'm happy about it, but it was like a tweet that might have, like, it blew up, I think it got like 11 likes. Oh, 11. (laughs) Yeah, and... uh, Somebody messaged me and was just like, oh, that was hilarious. And I told him, I was like, you have no idea how much it haunts me that there's an extra space thrown in there. Because like, <laughs> well, after I tweeted it, it was one of those that gets like a couple likes right away. And I'm like, oh, I can't fix it. Yeah. And I just every time I get the notification of so-and-so liked your tweet, I'm like, oh, that fucking extra space. It haunted me. I'm with you. It's, yeah. you know, of all the things that haunt me, that's definitely in the top, like, 50. <laughs> Getting it's a like, tweet that yeah. has a lot of, like, action that there's a grammatical error in. Yeah. Well, when we get the uh, At Odds Patreon and we use that mm-hmm. money to to buy the $8 a month, you know, Twitter edit button, we'll, uh-huh. fix, we'll fix that. Yeah, I'm right on top of all of that. Yeah. I have, right. enough t- I have enough trouble keeping up with one Patreon. Two, I won't sit still for. 
All right, I'm going to have to go rogue on that one, then. You and Mr. Tim can start working on that. Oh, all right. All right, so let's get into the start of the show here, ladies and gentlemen. And now, At Odds With Wrestling presents... This Day in Wrestling History. So it is a light This Day in Wrestling History. Um, you know, there's taping date stuff, and there's stuff that happened in, like, the 70s that's even, like, too far back even for me to mention. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> uh, so, of course, we do have our head-to-head Raw and Nitro in 1997. Um, Nitro is the continuing build for Starcade. Um, no sting on the show, but the build to Larry Zbysko and Eric Bischoff for control of Nitro gets as much airtime and is treated as equally as Hogan versus Sting. <laughs> uh, bad Place Hall of Famer, Larry Zabisco. Might uh, there, there is a great story um, on Kevin Nash's podcast from a couple weeks ago. And they, they, like, they tell the story and then they reference it again. Um, so the guy who hosts the Nash podcast, Sean Oliver. I'm sure you know who Sean Oliver is. He did like the, he was like the good shoot interview guy in more recent years. <laughs> the name's familiar, but that's about it. So he would do these different, you know, people would come into Jersey for like a weekend or a convention and he would like kind of glom on and get them and record something, whatever. So they book Larry Zabisco and about a week before, two weeks beforehand, uh, Larry calls Sean up and he's like, and I'm not going to do the impersonation of Larry, and I'm not going to do Sean's impersonation of Larry, but essentially, Sean gets guilted into paying to get Larry's teeth fixed <laughs> before he comes up from Florida, because he fucked up his crown or something, and he had, like, a big whatever, and he was like, you know, I'm going to be on camera the whole time, and, you know, I don't have the money right now to get the tooth fixed, but... If you want me looking like that on the camera for the whole shoot interview, I guess we could do it. So Sean wires him the money to get his tooth fixed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and Sean is like, you can tell, like, however many years later, like 10, 15 years later, you can tell Sean's, like, still hot about it that he got worked by Larry Zabisco. Like, when you're doing the math in your head, like, I have no idea what it costs to get a tooth fixed. Sure. But, like, like... Does it cost more than that shoot interview, like, brought in revenue-wise? Because you have to kind of decide, like, maybe we should just go ahead and skip this whole interview. <laughs> like, I I've never sat down and been like, oh, I'm scrolling through YouTube. Oh, shit, a Larry Zabisco shoot interview. Can't wait to see what he has to say about the New World Odor. You know, <laughs> like, that's never going to happen. Again, as Mr. Tim will uh, regale us with on Final Wrestling Place, he's got the same stories over and over again. Climbed over the fence at Bruno's, Shea Stadium, Living Legend, all this nonsense. Yeah, I mean, no disrespect to the shoot interviewer, but I have no desire to see that. He should have right. saved the money. Well, and I think that's one of those things where he felt like he was over a barrel at the time, and now here, years later, he knows he got worked, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But the only other thing of no... Oh. Say, hopefully Larry took good care of those teeth. Mm -hmm. I'm going <laughs> to guess he didn't. 
So uh, Nitro is in Knoxville, Tennessee, and I think one of the everlasting moments from this Nitro um, is there's the bit, and you've probably seen it online, where Hogan gets into it with an old lady in the front row. Hmm, vague. And it's the old lady is like making like clawing motions at Hogan's face, and she's like super animated and all this other stuff. Let me see if I can find it to show it to you. Was this the no? It can't be the original stunt, Granny. This had to be after that, right? Okay, so it's funny that you say that. So there's a bunch of people speculating here in regards to this woman, okay, and what her deal was. Um, you know, a lot of people were speculating. Obviously, she was a plant. Uh, other people were speculating that she wasn't a plant. Um, and again, I just want to. I know what happened here. It was all uh, okay. Take those masks off. I'm gonna hurt somebody real bad. There's a bunch of people in the crowd with sting masks. Hogan's upset. That one was even signed by someone. You know, guys, Hogan's lost it. There's Hogan's nightmare right there. He has absolutely lost it here. I've, I've never seen Hogan. Okay, he's getting out of the ring. He wants to punch out a fan. Watch out. He wants to punch out a defenseless fan. Well, I tell you, for every person that has a sting mask, that's a big granny. (laughs) For every person that has a sting mask, there's 50,000 behind it. (laughs) Millions around the world know who their hero is. Okay. I have no memory of that, but that's one thing. Oh, my God. Okay, so that's the thing. Not a plant, okay? She is an old fan from the Tennessee days that used to go to all the, like, the Mid-South Coliseum shows. She's a famous Tennessee fan named Beulah, right? (laughs) Not that Beulah. It just so happens she's in the front row at the show, and, like, Hogan using, like, some good instincts... To go out there and mix it up with her, you know? I'm surprised. I'm very surprised. Because it was just such unnatural movements. And, like, she's looking at the camera a couple times. Like, am I in the shop? She's a worker. What do you want, (laughs) you know? Yeah. All right. Kudos to her for for doing a bit and getting on television. Right. And, And take it for what you will. As Eric Bischoff says when he was interviewed about it on his podcast, he says that wasn't a plant. She did too good of a job. (laughs) <laughs> fair enough All right. and then here's a thing where Hogan uh, an interview that he did with uh, wonderful Willie aka Bill After uh, and again he says this in retrospect right mm-hmm. that he should have sold for he should have let her hit her hit him and he should have sold it right <laughs> yeah but there's no way in hell 1997 1997 Hulk Hogan wasn't selling for Sting what made you think he was going to sell for an old lady in the front row, you know? I don't think he means, like, physically, like, take a bump from it, but, like, sell as in, like, don't, like, immediately punch her back or yell for security. Right. You know, like, maybe beg off a little bit, but... Right. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> uh, so, over on Raw, Raw's in Roanoke, Virginia. Uh, we are on the road to the D-Generation X pay-per-view in your house. Um, a bunch of shenanigans with Sean and Hunter. Nothing really um, that sticks out. 
there's, you know, more stuff with Austin and Rock building things up where they can't touch because Austin's still hurt and they got to set up the smoke and mirrors match for the pay-per-view. Um, there's another bit on here where Double J is supposed to wrestle Ahmed Johnson uh, on the show, but Ahmed Johnson, who is, like, 1997 is not Ahmed Johnson's year. Um, apparently on the way to the show, he flipped his rental car. <laughs> Uh, in a shoot and couldn't do the match. So, Commissioner Slaughter, tw- you know, 20 plus years before the fact, decides to channel Teddy Long and tells Jeff Jarrett at the pay per view that he's going one on one with The Undertaker. <laughs> I guess it is before the age of Edge, so he can't go, y'all don't like Edge. Right. Yeah. Well, Edge, I think Edge might have had a dark match try it around this time, maybe a few weeks uh, earlier. But, uh, no, Edge yeah. is Edge isn't a thing yet. I think he's still Sexton Hardcastle. Ah, yeah. All right, but good for Double J missing out on having to wrestle Ahmed Johnson. I'm pretty sure he had something to do with that car being flipped. Possibly <laughs> smartest man in wrestling. <laughs> he's tinkering with the brakes at fucking Enterprise. Yeah. <laughs> uh so and oh, and this is also the official debut of Goldust being the artist formerly known as Goldust. And is that when he started doing all like the the ball gags and stuff like that? Yeah, this is like the green outfit with the bondage harness and the ball gag and the pink hair, and Luna brings him out on a leash, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and it's crazy that this this specific gear makes it into one of the video games, you know? Oh, I remember that. I I, I don't know why. Like, I wasn't a huge fan of the character, but I was pumped to see it in the game. I think we right. need a figure. <laughs> they absolutely should do a gold dust figure of this gear. Yeah, like a Target Legends or something like that. Ringside, I, I, it'd have to be a ringside exclusive. There's no way this could be on the pegs <laughs> at a Walmart or a Target, you know? <laughs> with the leash, and it come, it's a two-pack with Luna. Oh my god, I would absolutely buy that. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> uh, so also on this day in wrestling history, one year ago... AEW Dynamite. This was Andrade versus Cody with Cody going through the flaming table. Oh, hey. Cody fucking burned himself up pretty bad in that match. He certainly did. That's <laughs> how much he loves the fans and the business. Mm-hmm. If red equals green, I don't know, like, when you're burned badly, what color is that? Because that That's equals like a green charred well. color, like a black, I guess. Yeah, yeah. All right. But. Yeah, just and everything a year later, those two guys in a top program, not necessarily a top program, but a top match on Dynamite. They're both going strong in AEW to this day. Well, and, and so that's so funny. You know, obviously over the summer, Cody tore his peck and he was out, right? And then there's all the speculation of what's going on with Andrade. And he had just put out on social media today that he had to get surgery because he tore his uh, bicep. Hmm. So, like I said, it, you know, as you say that, both guys in high positions on Dynamite, both guys out with similar injuries, you know? Yeah. Um, obviously, Cody's was much more extreme. Cody's coming back to win the Royal Rumble this year. <laughs> uh, Andrade just got replaced in his thing by Roosh, and we'll see where things go from there. Yeah. Well, he's trying to go back to work with Papa H. That's what the internet told me. We all are. And I hate every time that you call him that. 
That's why I keep doing it. Oh, my God. It's the new thing for your podcast hate list. Throw another one on there. But it's not even podcast. It's when I see people do it online or in real life yeah. and call them that. I, like, I don't know if I'm going to say it. You know? they're, they're doing it like in earnest, like unironically. I'm doing it just to get a rise from you. Yeah? Yeah? <laughs> you're, do, you're, you're doing it unironically? No, they are. Oh, I said they are doing it like legit. Like they, they're like, oh, this is a cool name of our like wrestling Booker God. I'm basically saying it just to be mean, because <laughs> as everybody knows, I'm the mean guy on the podcast. Ah, there was a poll that went out that proved I'm not the mean guy. I know that's why I just said I am the mean one. So uh, I wish I could find it. So uh, did you see this picture that I have up here? Of uh, Triple H with uh, Baby Gargano. <laughs> no, I haven't. Okay, so somebody photoshopped it and put Johnny's head on the baby, <laughs> and that's the picture I was looking for, but I can't find it. But just seeing that, like it was, and it was the full size picture like this where you could yeah. see both their bodies, and it was Triple H holding little baby Johnny Gargano. You know? Yeah. Oh, I was over my mom's a couple days ago, and she was just like, I had, hadn't seen her in a, a little over a week or so. No, I mean, I saw her for Thanksgiving, but I hadn't, like, talked to her one-on-one. You know how you go to Thanksgiving, and there's 50 people talking to each other? But she was just like, you know, what have you been up to? And I told her about the Gargano signing, and obviously she doesn't know who Johnny Gargano is. I think the only wrestlers she know, like, they stopped at The Rock in Austin, you know? Yeah. Um, like, and they obviously- might know John Cena. Yeah, or the boar, like the big names. Um, but I showed her the picture of me and Johnny Gargano. She's like, that's a professional wrestler? And I was like, Oof. yeah, he's, he's really good. But he's so tiny. Like, he's not even, like, there's no muscles. I'm like, like I'm defending Johnny Gargano to my mom. But uh, it's just funny, like a casual, like not even a casual, just a layman, yeah. civilian, if you will. Doesn't uh, pass the uh, airport test, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but... Good on, good on, baby Gargano already getting that shove. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so what do we got to talk about? Like I said, short. Uh, this day in wrestling history. Uh, so what do you what do you got for me for uh, the last week in wrestling? What do you want to talk about? Yeah, you know what? I am going to start off. This feels like ages ago, Joe. But I'm going to start <laughs> off with WWE Survivor Series, uh, and I'm going to talk obviously about the main event. The Blood and Guts main event. I'm sorry, the War Games main event. <laughs> uh, and it's just more of the Sammy stuff. I cannot stop gushing over Sammy Zayn and this Bloodline stuff. So uh, if you didn't watch the pay-per-view, I'm sorry, the premium live event, uh, the whole bit obviously leading up to it continued to be, can Sammy be trusted? He was talking to Kevin Owens on on SmackDown a couple days before, you know, Jey Uso obviously has his doubts, and it is time for the Bloodline to send somebody out. Jay starts to go, and Roman, who's just chilling on a chair, which I just love that extra bit, like the head of the table doesn't stand in the cage. Uh, he holds back Jay, sends out Sammy, and during the match, it's all about like Sammy proving himself. He's pulling Jay out of the way of getting injured or getting hit with a big shot. He offers up Kevin Owens to Jay for like the big win for the splash at the end. Uh, spoiler: the Bloodline won, and like he finally, after the match, gets the big hug from Jay Uso, and like obviously celebrates with the rest of the Bloodline, and like obviously this storyline, at least for me and I believe for you, 
Uh, I'm hooked to it, and like I believe in my heart of hearts that this needs to end with Sammy winning that title. I know it's not going to happen, but like I loved that match, not for what happened in the ring, because I think the two War Games matches were kind of so-so. Uh, the men's was better than the women's, but uh, just for the storytelling in that, like I at this point, I would rather watch a Bloodline with Sammy promo over just about everything else on TV other than maybe an Eddie Kingston promo. That's how invested I am in just this little storyline. Wow. Yeah. So uh, I'll say, okay, so let's talk about Survivor Series. Survivor Series sucked for the most part. Oh, yeah. Um, I will say, uh, I know it got a lot of negative press online, but I say go out of your way to watch Ronda Rousey and Shotzi. Uh, The match is very funny. Um, (laughs) Not the way that they intended it. Like, uh, and you know, the, we're not the shit, you know, like my feelings on this is whatever, right? Um, you know, Brian Kendrick Spanky comes back, uh, was requested to come back as an agent for, uh, by Rhonda. Rhonda is a Sandy, uh, uh, Sandy Hook truther. Brian Kendrick is like an anti-Semite, maybe, I don't know. Um, but there's a lot of funny moves in the match where like Rhonda is just absolutely not cooperating and it's very funny, but the, like Rhonda's new bit. And again, maybe I, I, I skip Rhonda segments on SmackDown, but her new bit that was on the pay-per-view, like she's trash talking Shotzi like real loud. And it's like real funny, like in a bad way. Like she's, she has Shotzi in a hold and she says like, Oh, come on, come on. These people don't want to get behind you. Come on, everybody, clap for Shotzi, and then start spanking Shotzi on the ass? It's real weird, right? Yeah, I mean, she's been doing something to that effect since she started off. Because, like, even when she was the the baby face when she first debuted, and they were, like, strapping her up as being the the, ne- the next rock, uh, she would do that thing, like, where she would get ready to lock an arm bar, and she'd be yelling, like, are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? And all that kind of shit. I- I think that was more her not knowing how wrestling works and actually cluing in her opponent to like, we need to do something. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's just me personally. What I feel, which I hate saying, I said it, son of a bitch. Um, I like the, uh, Sammy bloodline stuff. I think it's great. Right. I think it was a big surprise that, uh, they won, you know, Mm -hmm. um, but here's here's my biggest issue with all of this, okay? I don't like where this is going, but go a ahead. A lot of y'all are working yourselves into a shoot that we're going to get Sammy versus Roman at WrestleMania, okay? You might get Sammy versus Roman at Elimination Chamber only because one of the Usos can't come across international borders. <laughs> and uh, it's in Montreal. That's probably going to be the only way that you get a Sammy Roman match, okay? Um, which you don't because I think Sammy deserves it. He's been busting his ass, and he's been the one kind of like doing a lot of the heavy lifting of this whole program, you know? Yeah, but you don't think like if we look at 
the progress, or let's just say how over Sami Zayn has been increasingly getting, you know, like if we start it with the day he joined the bloodline and then you draw a, like a 45 degree line, you say, okay, it escalated with the whole, you know, feeling oozy promo. And then you look up, you drive that line even up even further. Now he's accepted by the entire bloodline. If this keeps increasing at the same rate, it's been going over the last, however many months, don't you think at some point the WWE would like listen to their fans and say, this is the most over guy on our roster. Maybe Roman's more over as a heel, but people want to cheer for Sami Zayn. People want Sami Zayn to not get one over on Roman, but they want him on their television screens in a prominent position. They want to cheer for him. I think maybe not necessarily giving them belt, but giving them that marquee match on one of the two nights of WrestleMania. Like I can see that happening if they call an audible. So, and again, I, I, I may have had a conversation with some people about this, uh, privately after this all happened, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and as much as everyone likes to think that WWE has changed without Vince McMahon around, it has not changed that much. Best case scenario is that it's going to be Sammy and Kevin at WrestleMania beating the Usos for the tag titles. And such a slap in the face, like a consolation prize. Here's the belts that we do not care about, you know, that are basically for the last 20 years plus have been a prop, you know, and it's like, thanks for nothing. Every belt is a prop. (laughs) No, some of them are championships, Joe. Okay. So every belt is a prop. None of that matters. Your payday is going to be the same whether you're on it or, you know, as long as you're on WrestleMania, you're going to get a good payday. Obviously, if you're in the main event, but everyone's working under contracts. Roman's going to make more money regardless who he fights. Um, The best case scenario is Sammy versus Roman at Elimination Chamber because one of the Usos can't get into the country. And it's in Montreal, which is Sammy's hometown. That's going to be your best case scenario. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I'm trying to get back into WWE. This is the one thing I'm interested in, and I want to see Sammy versus Roman. I don't want to see, uh, you know, Roman versus Cody. Sorry to those that have a nightmare nightmare narcotic <laughs> in them. I don't want to see The Rock versus Roman. I want to see Sammy versus Roman. That's all I want. Otherwise, you know what? I might just have to stop being a diehard WWE fan. Oh, yes, definitely. You're a diehard WWE fan, sure. Yeah. If they want my my $7 a month for the cock, uh, then they'll give me what I want. Right. And it just feels as though, you know, even before everything happened with Vince and where we are now at Triple H, um, it's going to be Cody versus Roman at WrestleMania. And it's going to be Cody winning. And, you know, then we're probably going to get Roman and The Rock the next night. Now, and, and I'll say this. If I'm wrong... And it ends up being Sammy versus Roman on either night of WrestleMania as the main event. Uh, you know, I've been wrong before, and I will absolutely acquiesce and come on and eat my John Cena hat and admit I was wrong and admit that I don't know what's going on. It just, I think Sammy's great. You mentioned it before, all the stuff that, you know, all this bloodline stuff doesn't work the way that it works without Sammy. And I get where you're coming from that the reward would be the main event at WrestleMania, but. You know, they'll tell you every match at WrestleMania is a main event, you know? Yeah. And and like I said, I I don't know if I said this on air or not, but it it has the potential to have the same parallels as the Yes Movement with Brian Danielson. You know, like, just change your plans. Cody will be there. 
give Cody the United States title. You know, the yes movement happened with WWE doing everything they possibly could do to stop it from happening. They don't want another yes movement. That would be the worst thing that could happen to the WWE is another yes movement. Like I no, said, that, that's speaking out. They don't want that movement. Yes, well, movement. okay. Neither here nor there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that being said, I did submit my writing packet of how we can get to Sammy and Kevin at, at WrestleMania against the Usos. Uh, you want to slide into my DMs? I could tell you. I don't want to say it on the air. But uh, I sent the uh, writing packet, so we'll see what I get back from uh, Vince. <laughs> I can send those to Vince now, right? Uh, yeah, I'm sure he'll take a look at them. Okay, cool, cool. <laughs> all right, Joe, what do you got? Well, you know, we're talking about all these guys. You know, who's going to be the one that beats Roman? Is it going to be Cody? Is it going to be Sammy? Is it going to be The Rock? Is it going to be Stone Cold? All the speculation, right? And all that's great, you know? Mm-hmm. But what you're not focused on is what I'm focused on is who's the guy that's going to beat the guy that beats Roman Reigns, right? <laughs> yeah. So that night after WrestleMania, Cody wins the belt. He comes out on Monday Night Raw. He's all ecstatic. You know, he did the thing that his dad never did, held the World Wrestling Entertainment title, which it would have been the WWF title when his dad was competing for it, but that's neither here nor there. Let's not let facts get into the way of a good angle. And then all of a sudden, through the loudspeakers, you hear... L.A. Knight. And L.A. Knight comes out and beats Cody on Raw night after WrestleMania, and then he's your new champion. And now we've got the new program for Cody going forward. L.A. Knight featured on SmackDown in a prominent role against Bray Wyatt, against The Fiend, and I'm hot at Bray Wyatt. I know he claims it wasn't him. He claims it was someone else. But 100%, whoever it was, I still think it's you, Bray Wyatt. You ruined L.A. Knight's Thanksgiving. And I tell you, Hagerstown, Maryland, very upset that he didn't get a chance to do his usual Thanksgiving spiel where he rides his Camaro down Main Street and throws raw cranberries to the peasants that live there. And again, blaming you, Bray Wyatt, for this. And did you watch SmackDown this week? I did not. (laughs) Okay. I'll I'll tell you what happened. So I I always watch Raw and SmackDown like way late, like usually maybe the day we record the podcast, I'll watch it during the day. But because I watched Survivor Series, I said to myself, well, there's no point in me watching the stuff that came before it. So I just deleted it. You always got to watch SmackDown. That's where. Just send me a link of the L.A. Night stuff. I'll look at it after the show. All right. All right. I'll make a more concerted effort to do so. Um, But. Uh, I may have been tipped off that there was clues in, like, the crazy Bray Wyatt video that pops up, right? Okay. And I was told that there was, like, two things. So I was, I was told there was two things to be looking for, okay? One thing was very clear, and the other one may not may not be may not have been as clear, if that makes any sense, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I will say to you um, <laughs> is uh, I want you... Uh, Adam, later. I yeah, I wish there was a way that I could rip this. You know what? I'm gonna see if I could play it here on the uh, on the show, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So in the midst of the crazy Bray Wyatt video is a phone number. Uh oh. Hey, 
patient suffers from delusions of grandeur, perhaps the most extreme incidents I've encountered. I'm concerned that no regimen of treatment or medication will be able to counter the imbalance of power in the patient's psyche. They're prone to disorganized thought patterns that communicate a sense of unmatched importance. Bouts of isolation seem to have amplified their inner monologue and honestly blocked out any outside voice. In short, the patient would need to think as highly of a medical practitioner as they do themselves, and honestly, that seems to border on the impossible. I've become concerned that this patient is such a danger to themselves and anyone they encounter that... Hello? Hello? Is, is someone there? Hello? Hello? I... I... So... <laughs> I'm officially... So if I've ever been even the slightest bit in on new Bray Wyatt, I'm 100% out now. All right. Save you the trouble of calling the phone number, right? Yeah. I'm a helper. Um, but uh, I'm not going to say that I'm in on the Bray Wyatt stuff, but I could definitely see if you are in on the Bray Wyatt stuff, how like you must be eating this sort of stuff up, you know? Yeah. Oh, man, it's, it's too much lore, and I'm a lore guy, but this is lore overkill. But I am with you on the L.A. Night thing. Give me an ultimate. I'll take it. I'm, uh, listen, I'm, I'm with it. Uh, you know, I've worked myself into a shoot, but here we are. Yeah, you're pot committed. You can't get out of this. That's right. So what else do you got? All right. I have one other thing to talk about. Uh, Joe, was there ever a time when you thought you knew something and then like new information comes along and it shows you've been wrong the entire time? Has that ever happened to you? Every goddamn day of my life. Yeah, I mean, me too, but sometimes it's it's worse than other times, like, where it's like, oh, man, uh, like, I have I been living a lie, like, all this time? Am I just waking up from, like, a bad dream, that type of thing? Like, you're just completely confused. And that's what happened to us this past Friday at AIW Hell on Earth, where we learned that Matt Cardona is still the AIW absolute and intense champion. Broski went out there and had a heartfelt and earnest promo to the AIW universe. Uh, and then afterwards, he was just barely edged out in a non-title match by Wes Barkley. Good on Wes. Um, but they're like, there's so many questions that come out of this. Like, where does this leave Bishop and Dillinger? Uh, will Thorne make uh, them like the interim champs and make them, you know, chase after Broski? And, like, what about Kaplan's Fonzie tournament belt? I know it's not a belt that is supposed to be defended, but Kaplan brings it out. Wouldn't the Deathmatch King want to go after that, have some kind of AIW triple crown? I'm just saying I'm coming out of that show on Friday with so many questions, and I'm glad I signed up for a fight, like, right on time. Uh, so, like, a lot of questions, but it's interesting that uh, Broski is still the champ. I'm glad that that's AIW canon. Fucking broski, man, I tell you. <laughs> no, nothing else to, to add to that other than that? <sighs> well, no. Joe, I, I have more to add on this. And, like, speaking of AIW, it's time for our new segment, Joe. So go ahead and hit that button I sent you. <laughs> 
That's what? right, Joe. It's, it's time for the snackable mid-show weekly purchase. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Coming out of AIW Hell on Earth, friend of the show, Tom Dunn, AIW referee extraordinaire, slid into my DMs. And hey, he, he might have made me an offer of something that uh, a certain Deathmatch King left behind at the match. And uh, Tom is going to send me the shirt that Broski ripped and then threw like out to the crowd or out to the floor or whatever. Uh, but I have the the shirt from the night that Broski returned triumphantly to AIW. And thank you, Tom, for that. Don't enable him, please. <laughs> Tom, I know you listen. <laughs> don't listen to him, Joe. You're doing a good thing. Or don't listen to him, Tom. Ah, you know what I meant. You got me all frazzled. <laughs> but uh, that's it for the weekly snackable mid-show weekly purchases. Gets his own theme song, huh? <laughs> well, it had to be quick because it's just yeah. a quick segment. <laughs> <sighs> you knew I, I was doing a bit when I was like, hey, Joe, do me a favor. Send me the, <laughs> the weekly purchases jingle. God, honest truth, I'm not going to do anything with it. I assume that you're up to no good, yeah. and I'm just like, I can't ask any questions or poke even the furthest <laughs> bit um, on the bit, because then it'll be ruined, you know? <laughs> yeah. All right. But, uh, all right. Looking forward to AIW as it continues, as always. And uh, also, shout out to Bulking Season. We retained our tag team titles, so that that reign's never going to end, if you ask me. And, uh... Well, I think what uh, already say that what he and Chuck are like eleven uh, in a row across all promotions, uh, yeah, undefeated yeah. streak. So you know they're the new Goldberg of tag teams. <laughs> I prefer to think of it as the new Jade Cargill of tag teams. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of AEW, uh, you mentioned Jade Cargill. Can we talk about the MJF promo? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, just. Just uh, completely new stuff on, uh, what do they call it, uncharted waters when it comes to MJF these days. Yeah. So I know everyone will tell you that it was supposed to be bad because he's supposed to be a heel. And this promo was set up to get the crowd to turn on him. And then him laying Regal out afterwards was to get sympathy back on Regal when Daniel Bryan goes and fights the dastardly MJF. Uh, for the belt, right? Mm. But the problem is, exactly as you mentioned, we've been here before. This is all the same stuff. And listen, I'll I'll give him credit. There was a lot of little touches. Like, I think the bit with having the Burberry strap belt is pretty funny. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you saw somebody notice that they did, they zoomed in on his suit. The pinstriping on his suit said better than you in yeah, the pinstriping. I right. think he's done that before, though. Right, okay, so that's the first time that maybe, like, I noticed it, or that I saw somebody who noticed it, and, you know, whatever. Um, everyone can make all the excuses that you want that that promo was effective, but it was nothing new. And it continues with what we've said about MJF before in the show, that he feels like he's someone playing professional wrestler, 
there's no authenticity to anything that he does. I know everyone likes to say that he's the next Roddy Piper. He's 1999 Roddy Piper, who's doing the Pee Wee Herman dance and challenging Howard Stern to a fight on Nitro. That's the MJF that we get, right? Yeah. Um, and he throws out names and everyone's like, oh, he's setting up the next programs, you know? And obviously he's got the match in two weeks with Ricky Starks and it's setting up, I'm sure, for the next pay-per-view something with Danielson. Um, and then the stuff with Kingston. And they have to be super careful with the Kingston stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Because if they get into a back-and-forth promo battle, and I know things were cute back-and-forth with him and Phil... Uh, MJF when they had their program together Kingston's going to eat MJF alive on the mic and he is going to shake the confidence of that little boy (laughs) and everyone else who loves that little boy because that's what Max is and there's nothing wrong with that he's 26 he's been wrestling for 6 years he's got great pedigree uh, pun intended uh, you know, they, they retread the bidding war of 2024 and they add in the, the whole maybe he'll go to Hollywood. And somebody else on social media said, like, yes, Hollywood is beating the door down for the guy who's doing a cameo in the art house picture about the Von Erics. <laughs> They're going to be all over him. But that's how it starts. You know, you get a small role in something like that. Whatever. Um, you all think MJF is real good today. And I don't think he's that good. I think he's got potential. He's like a 4 out of 10 every time he goes out there. Maybe 6 years, 10 years from now, we'll talk. Right now, I'm leaning to MJF is overrated. Yeah. I think I said this last week. You'd have to correct me if I'm wrong. A lot of it was in a haze. But all of the goodwill that was built up for me when it comes to MJF over the last month has been completely thrown out the window since the pay-per-view. And what I mean by that is all of the things that made him slightly more interesting, whether it be the, you know, him getting the chip and sitting up in the, in the box and watching the world title matches or his association with the firm or him kind of flirting that he's going to turn face and I'm going to do this on my own and talking to Regal and all that stuff. It's all completely out the window. So nothing mattered. You know, it's like one of those things when you watch a a television show and a new showrunner takes over for a season. And then after that, they switch back to the other showrunner and they're like, oh, just ignore that season. That didn't really happen. You know, we're not going to acknowledge that movie in the trilogy, that type of thing. So it was all wasted time. And and then the fact that I feel like you've completely wasted Regal. Who know? I, I don't know what's going on at Regal. Some people are like, oh, he's only got a month left on his contract. He's leaving. Some people are like, oh, he signed a three-year contract, so he's not going anywhere. I don't know what's going on. All I can say is what I see on TV. Now, Regal can't go back to the Blackpool Combat Club because Mox is there. Unless Mox leaves, whatever. And now he can't. He's not associated with MJF anymore. So you completely burned off Regal for a crappy storyline. Yeah. It's one thing if you're going to like, okay, Regal's going to leave the Blackpool Combat Club, and here's the reason, and it's worth it. But th- there's nothing – it wasn't worth it. You know, if he was going to be in MJF's corner for the next three months, then you could say, okay, it was worth it. But you're going to burn it off on the very first show just because it's like, oh, you trusted the devil. <laughs> it, it's 
I was like, man, this is all cringe. And I feel like I wasted my time having, I don't want to say caring about this match, but being interested in it. And, you know. Right. And I know he's supposed to be a heel. And I know you're not supposed to like him. And that's what the whole thought of this promo was supposed to be. But still getting lots of cheers. You know, people enjoy getting made fun of by MJF. And I feel as though having someone going out there and do it, Wrestling is different. I want my heel champion to be different. The idea was for MJF to do something so dastardly to Regal. And people are like, oh, and then you could see halfway through the promo, if you watch Regal, he starts to regret his decision. I don't care. You burned the Regal character to kind of get MJF a tiny, slightly bit over, you know? Yeah. Uh, a little like you, you, you burned an entire person off off your roster to get MJF from a six to a seven. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing is it, it didn't put him over huge. It wasn't yes. like, Oh my God, you know, it should have been to get MJF from a six to a 10 plus. Yeah. And I get where you're coming from that. Obviously, uh, you know, Regal now is just going to be with Danielson like solo, I would assume. Right. And this breaks up the Blackpool combat club and, you know, Danielson's going to come back and he's going to fight for the honor of Regal, who's someone I don't care about anymore. Like, in storyline, in kayfabe, he's proven to be, like, Danielson can and he better cut the best promo of his life on Wednesday to make me care to see him avenge the guy that cost the other guy in the same stable as him that I like maybe just as much as Danielson, the world title, to someone who I don't like nearly as much as anyone else on the top of that card. Yeah, like, it could have all easily been avoided. At the pay-per-view, you have Regal come out just kind of observing, or just don't even have him come out, but at the end of the day, MGF still cheats. Instead of the brass knuckles, he uses the dynamite diamond ring after pretending to be conflicted about it. Or he uses brass knuckles that he's like, oh, this is in honor of William Regal. Have him win the title by cheating. Then during the celebration the next night, I'm sorry, the next week or the week after, have him call out Regal and have him do the exact same thing. You know, like, I wanted to prove to you that I was a proper villain. Please respect me. Aha, I I double trade you. Look at me. I'm a dastardly heel. And you still have Regal involved in it. And everything ends up being the same afterwards, except for the fact that now you don't have to explain how do we awkwardly put Regal back with the faces. You know, it was unnecessary. Nobody was talking around the water cooler about how William Regal turned heel at the pay-per-view. You know? Exactly. Completely avoidable. Plus, MJF had the perfect opportunity to say he was going to take Triple B to go see Triple H, and he didn't do it. I feel like that was just there waiting to be taken. Well, again, I think that's one of the ones that they'll tell us was implied, and we should have known it was whatever, whatever, whatever. Ah, would have been so catchy. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways. So, So that's all I got. Me too. Okay. So let's, uh, we did not have homework because there was a um, pay-per-view this past weekend, whether we watched it or not. And we did. So I have something to assign you for homework, okay? Yep. Uh, so I was going to do Chikara, but things are busy because it's the holidays. 
and I wanted to go to with something much easier, okay? Building off you assigning that January 31st Monday Nitro from 2000, okay? I wanted to continue in that era, okay? All right. So what our assignment is for next week is the March 22nd episode of Thunder, okay? Just to run down the card, we're still about a month away from the Russo-Bischoff reboot thing, so... Um, we're still in a bit of flux in the world of WCW. Uh, we have Fit Finley versus Tank Abbott, Three Count versus the Young Dragons, Chavo against Chris Candido, Scott Steiner versus Chuck Palumbo, Vampiro versus Disco Inferno, and we have the cat Ernest Miller versus the dog. <laughs> Get it? The cat versus the dog. Yeah, oh, yeah, all right. <laughs> uh, Hugh Morris versus the demon. Buff Bagwell versus Jeff Jarrett. And in the main event of Thunder is Hulk Hogan versus Dustin Rhodes, which is a match I have absolutely no memory of ever taking place, right? Yeah. So all of this stuff is fine. It's an era of WCW where I absolutely was not watching, so most of it is, if not all of it, is going to be brand new to me. But I left out one match. And I want you, Adam, to make sure that you don't go and tip your hand, like tip the hand and look into this ahead of time, okay? So it was set up on the Nitro that you made us watch where uh, the former Lenny and Lodi, who were standards and practices, dump their valet manager, Miss Hancock, right? Yeah, it makes no sense why anybody would do that, but go ahead. So they're now excess. They wear raver clothes, which was what like raver clothes in 2000 was. Their names are now uh, Rave and Lane, and they are taking on Miss Hancock's new hand-picked tag team. So there's a long for the first half of the show. There's a there's multiple Miss Hancock segments. Excellent. And then when you see who her tag team are that she picks out your socks are going to be knocked on your ass. <laughs> All right. I'm convinced you had me at Miss Hancock. Right. <laughs> and because it's the holiday season, I'm also going to tip my hand. The next time I do homework, it's probably going to be the next episode of thunder after this, because those are the only <laughs> two appearances they have together as a group. All right, cool. <laughs> uh, you know what? Again, like you're being very kind with it being the holiday season that I'm getting all this Miss Hancock. That's right. I, <laughs> I aim to please. <laughs> All right, we got voicemails, Joe? We do. We have a ton of voicemails, as always. Hello, guys. It's the strongest man in all the land, Arthur McCarthy here. I don't want to open up this call by saying, whoever has wronged Joe, I will find you. I will <laughs> find you and take care of you in one way or the other. But that's neither here nor there right now, because I have a fun little discussion for this uh this week's episode, because I was talking with someone about Stone Cold Steve Austin, the movie career, and The Condemned, and how that's kind of like a Battle Royale movie, kind of like The Hunger Games, if you will. Take the entire AIW roster. We're all thrown on an island, and this is The Hunger Games, Battle Royale style. Who's coming out on top? Who will be the, the lone survivor? And yes, lethal force will be used. Unfortunately, only one can make it out of this island alive. So... I don't know. Have some speculation. Well, let's mix things up. Y'all have a blessed one and uh, have a great one. Oh, man. What's he doing to us? He's just trying to get us killed here because it's like you pick one person, somebody else might like 
come after us for retribution. Uh, I'm going to let you go first so that I can uh, just point at you when I give you mine. Yeah, and I'll address what Artie said. Uh, It's been a rough week uh, over here. And I'll just say this. If uh, you hear word of somebody saying bad things about me or the show or anything else like that, don't tell me. I like being blissfully ignorant. And then uh, I'll be good there. But as for if the entire AIW roster is put on a Island Hunger Games style, who's going to be the survivor? I'll just say this. Who's the one man that has the abilities, the skills, and the know-how to make jerky of all of your bones and meat? And that's Kaplan. Kaplan's last man standing. You ain't getting by him. Oh, man. That's... That that is a compelling argument. Um, obviously, I can be like you know, oh Josh Bishop, Derek Dillinger. You know, I can say you know, bulking season, we'd all team up and win, and then you know, see where the cards fall. Ah, uh, man, I'm gonna have to go with the Duke. He's got the Haas division boot, and I uh, can use it as a weapon. He's never far away from it. Uh, he likes the uh, you've got the touch theme from Transformers the movie. I'm going with the Duke in an upset. So uh, Duke is going to be the last one. Duke is going to be the one that figures out like where Shelter is. Yeah. And he's going to convince a bunch of people to do his dirty work for him. And then he's like, uh, he's the final boss that Kaplan takes down. I'll give you that much. <laughs> he works smarter, not harder. You know? Exactly. Uh, you got me on the jerky thing. That's tough. But uh, yeah, I think that's a good final too. That's right. Thanks, Artie. Thank you, Artie. Next call. Hello, Adam. Hello, Joe. This is Justin Summers from Wrestling Cheers, and uh, got another question for you. I recently asked this on another podcast that also talks about wrestling figures, but it's not a major one. And that is, give me five albums, or if you can't do five, do three, but five albums that you can listen to all the way through no skips front to back great album here are my five and i'm actually going to only use albums that i own and also just for clarification because i think it kind of muddies the waters a little bit no live albums no greatest hits albums a quick honorable mention does go to led zeppelin untitled or if you prefer to call it led zeppelin four my five albums are Michael Jackson Thriller, which I listened to the first time all the way through earlier this year. Wow. Kisses Destroyer, which is what really introduced me to the Kiss catalog. I knew some of the songs, especially on that album, and got sucked right in. Metallica's Ride the Lightning, currently on a deep dive through Metallica's catalog. And uh, yeah, Ride the Lightning was really good. I am a juggalo. And I kind of got to go with what introduced me to ICP, what really sucked me in. And I could still listen to this album. No problem. That's ICP's The Great Malenko. And my last album, this is obviously no particular order, but much like Michael Jackson's Thriller, I didn't listen to this album until earlier this year. It became one of my favorites. And actually on my Apple Music replay for this year, it was my album of the year. And unfortunate timing with the current passing of one of its members, but Fleetwood Mac rumors. So, Joe and Adam, what are your top five or three albums that you can listen to 
all the way through, no skips. And I will take my answer off the air later. Man, this this is tough because I've gone on record and I've gotten heat from DeWiki about this, that I'm just not a music listener. You know, I, anything I say is going to be pretty old. And I don't mean like oldies, but I mean oldies to like a young person because I'm an old. Right. Um, and plus the fact that he's like, oh, you can't do greatest hits or live stuff. That would make up a bunch of mine. But I definitely can't do five. Uh, the two that will come to the top of my head, he mentioned Metallica. I'm going to say something super controversial here and say Metallica Load because it was the first Metallica CD I ever had, and I actually oh. like the songs on that. Oh, Fuck yeah. anybody that has a problem with that. Um, or Seether, uh, Disclaimer 2, which was their like first big U.S. release, which is pretty much, I want to say there's like 20 songs on the CD, and 12 of them were like in radio rotation. They're all like mm. really popular songs. Uh, and I like a lot of the B-sides that are on there. But like that album came out, Twelve or 18 years ago 16 years ago and that's probably one of the more recent cds that i own so i don't listen to a lot of albums but those are two to jump at out at me yeah and listen i, I i'm kind of in a similar uh situation there uh to where you are i don't listen to a lot of new music like my musical takes stopped in like 2001 yeah and like if a band came out after them then I don't really know much about what you do, you know? Yeah. Um, but I could do five, and I'm going to throw a sixth in there just so I'm kind of in uh, Justin's uh, parameters there. And, hey, uh, you know, Justin gets that secret call-in line, so he gets, like, over three minutes, and it sounds sounds uh, <laughs> fancy. You know, you could have that number, too. Um, so Metallica comes up. I think we all have that touchstone. Um, my Metallica album is Master of Puppets. Because that's my first Metallica album that I got, uh, <laughs> however long ago that was, right? Yeah, and can I tell you, when it comes to Metallica, I didn't know anything about Metallica until I started hearing them played on ECW TV, mm-hmm. and they were playing a lot of the stuff from Load. And that's where I was like trying to go to like used CD stores sure. and buying all the theme music from ECW wrestlers or the music that they played during the T-shirt commercials. And I was like, I want that song and that song and that song. So the the first Metallica song I bought or CD I bought was was Load because of ECW. But go ahead. So to this day, uh, my fa- my two favorite bands are Foo Fighters and Pearl Jam. So they would have to be represented on the list. Um, I like Vitology for Pearl Jam uh, as my pick. You know, you could really do any of their first couple albums and be good to go. Um, but that's the one I'm going with. That's one I listened to quite a bit in 1995. <laughs> um, and then for uh, Nirvana or Nirvana uh, for Foo Fighters. Again, there's a lot that you can go with, but I'm going with Color in the Shape. Because that's the one that has, like, every song on there. Everyone knows every song on that album. Um, you know, that's My Hero. That's yeah. Learn to Fly. That's, you know, the big ones, right? So then where I get a lot of my music from is from soundtracks. Because for a long time I was a movie guy. So if I'm picking, you know, and these are not, it's not a greatest hits. It's not a best of. He didn't say nothing about compilations or soundtracks. Uh, see, so, I would have. That's, that's all right. So I'm throwing the Clerk soundtrack on there, which I can listen to beginning to end all the time. 
and all the bits in between. And I'm throwing the Rocky Horror Picture Show soundtrack on there as well. Yeah. Oh, so you're going to throw in soundtracks. That's that's uh, I didn't realize that was a thing. But uh, well, he didn't say it. And I'm, yeah. I'm, thro- I'm throwing in there my number six only because uh, he said no live albums or no nothing like that. Nirvana Unplugged, one of the best albums of all time. Yeah, you know what? It's funny you mentioned that because the first thing that popped into my head before he went in through the caveats in, uh, I was going to say Alice in Chains Unplugged. That's another good one. Yeah, that's like something that I can listen to because like every song is amazing. I really like it. Um, but you know what, Joe? Since you have the soundboard up there, can you go ahead and hit that button I gave you before? <laughs> That's right, it's time for the second (laughs) mid-episode Snackable Weekly Purchases segment. And because Justin just called, I figured this is a time that we can go ahead and stick it here. Uh, I am going to say my next weekly purchase, Justin Summers, was nice enough to go to Hell on Earth only for this reason. He wasn't going for to watch the show or whatever, but he specifically went to Hell on Earth to pick up a merch table exclusive Deathmatch King Major Bendy. So he picked that up for me and shipped it out, got it in record time. I am now once again 100% complete on Broski and Hawkins Major Bendy. So thank you, Justin. I'm glad you're finally out of the uh, Bendy's game, though, you know? I, again, I was hacked. I don't know where you guys got that idea that that was me saying that i say a lot of things i don't know but thank you justin thank you justin next call hello gentlemen kevin here um december 1st first of the month and i feel like i may have asked this last year but i may have asked it on the last episode of the year so i'm gonna ask now to give more time for preparation or debate are we doing best of the year list at all or worst of the year or tough moments or anything like that? Any sort of end of the year wrap up that might require Adam to do some work in between now and the last Thursday night of the month. Doesn't uh, work. Fine, about it, figure I'd ask now, give plenty of time for preparation. Looking forward to the show. See you later guys. Hey Adam, you want to do some extra work this year? Uh, not going to work for me, brother. <laughs> All right. Sorry, Kevin. Um, I don't know. You know, uh, it might come up, but it's not like I'm going to do any heavy research on it. Um, you know, the year is practically over. Everyone's in coasting mode to the end of 2022. You know, we all made it out more or less alive. And, um, you know, I think, you know, we'll say stuff like, oh, the Sammy stuff is probably the top stuff. And the rise and middling of MJF is the bottom stuff. You know, like, what our favorite match of the year is, story of the year. I saw somebody, one of these, like, maybe like a Sean Ross Sapp type or something, like, tweeting out. It's like, uh, hey, what do you think the story in the world of wrestling was for the year? And everyone's like, fucking Vince McMahon, like, retiring from WWF admit like, multiple scandals like that's like the biggest story of the last 10 years let alone this year you know yeah it's funny that like in a year that had all the cm punk elite stuff that's such an insignificant story compared to the vince mcmahon thing you know yeah you know like no offense to them you know they all suck uh kenny's cool 
But, um, you know, <laughs> fucking Vince McMahon, like, you know, just outed from the company that he built, uh, you know, with a lot of his dad's help and ripping off a lot of other people and doing a lot of shady shit and taking advantage of a lot of damaged people, both behind the scenes and in front of the scenes. And, uh, you know, listen, Young Buck's kicking a dog's teeth in and a steel biting a guy is nothing. Vince McMahon's like, hold my steak wrap. I'll show you kids how it's done. <laughs> yeah. All right. I guess that was the, the answer to the question. Uh, yeah, no best of shows here. No. New content every week for Matt Odds. Goddamn right. Yeah. All right. Next call. Pink button time. It's Ed. Yay. Hello, uh, Adam and Joe. This is Ed from Cosby and Tam. And this is a very serious call. I'm very serious. I'm Doyle. Come on. Put the bone. I'm doing a serious call. Thank you. I... Dog, the fucking bone. Hey, anyway, I'm here to uh, defend myself against the stooge allegations that I feel were laid against me in the last episode. I did not stooge anything to anyone. I was asked if a certain podcast was on Anchor FM, and I don't know what that means. So I asked. <laughs> the, uh, the maker of that podcast, is this on Anchor FM? And uh, that's all I did. Uh, there was no stooging. It was simply uh, finding out an answer to a question from my dear friend Joe. Uh, <laughs> and now I got this? This shit thrown on me? I don't know. I feel hurt. Um, and uh, I, I, I don't think I'll, I'll ever recover from this. Um, this, 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 is, this has scarred me for life. <laughs> hey, bye. <laughs> he definitely sounds like someone who's scarred for life. Yeah, yeah. I think he'll bounce back. I think he'll be okay. And, and I'll say this, man. Like, I've softened a little bit on the people who put their stuff up on Anchor FM. My biggest problem with the Anchor FM stuff is that it's tough to find if you're not using a podcatcher because it's free. They'll embed ads or they'll make you read ads. And Kurt and the gang from Stink Sheet, I don't think they listen, but if they do, you know, I I texted Ed, I'm like, is this a real podcast that's on Anchor FM, you know? Yeah. And uh, I found out that it is a real podcast. Now, on the flip side, I'll say uh, Young Caleb, a.k.a. Observational Banter, uh, his podcast is not a real podcast because while it is on Anchor FM... You don't put your fucking stuff up there as an M4A file? What the fuck is that? I already got to go an extra step to rip the code out of a goddamn Anchor FM RSS feed to listen to a show. And now I got to convert it from an M4A to an MP3 file? Your show's never getting listened to, pal. I'm sorry. (laughs) All right. I don't know what any of that stuff means. Continue. All right. Ed called in again. Yay. Hey, Joe and Adam. It's Ed. Um, I have a WWE thing to talk about. How crazy is that? What? Uh, Bailey's gear for Monday. You know, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> like cartoon noises. <laughs> Get it? 
picked the wolf with a big eye. <laughs> I ate two edibles. Okay, bye. Respectfully. You have to add respectfully at the end. Otherwise, you get in trouble. <laughs> I don't know what you guys are talking about. I don't look well, at Bailey that way. No, no, we're not opening up those DMs, no? I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, fair enough, Joe. But do me a favor, if you'd be so kind. Will you, will you hit the new button I sent you? It's funny in threes, I think is what it is. But in the third installment of the snackable mid-show weekly purchases, I messaged young Ed earlier tonight, and I said, Ed, give me your address. And no questions asked. He provided it to me, but I didn't tell him what for. It's because I bought him something online. And I'm not going to say what it is, but I literally just two minutes ago got a message from the seller saying, oh, turns out I can't find it. I don't have it. And I'm like, you son of a bitch, and he refunded the money. So, Ed, nothing's coming your way, so (laughs) I apologize for getting your hopes up, but maybe if I can find that item from another seller. But I did have a purchase, and it was in Ed's honor, but it got refunded. But uh, sorry, Ed. Yeah, Ed, listen, Adam's just going to keep that uh, original pressing dude love shirt for himself. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) Sorry to blow up your spot, brother. (laughs) Uh, All right. Ed uh, called one more time. Yay. Hey, it's Ed uh, again. Last time, uh, I, Adam's going to call him five times, but I'm only going to do three. Uh, and it's really important this time. And I have a question for you guys, and I want an answer. Do you think that The Rock knows who I am now? <laughs> do you think he knows me? Do you think, do you think he saw it? That's what I want to know. Do you think he saw it? Um... It's not even my best tweet. I don't know why that one got all the attention. It wasn't even nearly as funny as the Ben Love one, and that's the one we, I don't know. Twitter's fucking weird, guys. Okay, bye. Joe, you have to help me out here, because Ed, like, tweets so much, and he goes viral so often. I don't know specifically which one of his many viral tweets are we talking about. Well, you know, obviously, uh, you, the other day, were... Or earlier in the, the other day, you know, because there's multiple days that we yes. record this. Um, it is the, uh, you know, you were touting that you had this tweet that had 11 likes, you know? Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. 11 likes. Holy I, cow. I, what are we going to do might, with ourselves? I might have been rounding up, but yes. <laughs> right. So Ed had a tweet. And again, it was from like two days ago. So we got to scroll back 20 pages. And I got to scroll back 20 pages. <laughs> You hear it grinding, you know? That's my old school mouse here, right? Unless he deleted it. I don't think he deleted it. Ed's not that sort of guy. No. But it's fun to scroll back through Ed's Twitter just to see what the world looked like, you know? Like two weeks ago, like Ed's world. Uh, Yeah, what was Ed into two weeks ago? Okay, so here's this thing. Uh, The Rock went back to his hometown 7-Eleven and bought every Snickers bar to pay back for all the ones he stole as a kid. So Ed quote tweets that and says, is anyone, anyone going to talk about how this isn't paying back? Like you're buying their already available stock, paying them back would be giving them money for all the ones you stole. You're just buying a lot of Snickers, Rocky. You're still in Snickers debt to this. 
<laughs> so oh, that shit. tweet gets 23,000 likes. <laughs> and uh, Ed won the internet that day. How did I uh, so, about this? What? How did I not hear about this? Now listen, you live in a different world, you know? Man, I got I got to attach my myself to that rocket ship that is Ed Cody. I got I got to start making negotiations, maybe get uh Ed services on the soon to be named network, you know? Yeah, I got to get in the Ed Cody business. Mm. <laughs> um but the whole thing about it is it's so still that, getting comments as as I'm looking at it. Yeah. It's like a fucking news ticker. It's just going up. Right. right. Um <laughs> so, you know, just sometimes things hit. Now, I, am I going to say, did the does The Rock know? <sighs> the I Rock guess. is such a weird dude these days. I think whoever's controlling The Rock knows, <laughs> and they might tell The Rock in a couple days. So yeah. as of this recording, does The Rock know who Ed is? No. Will The Rock know who Ed is whenever he gets together with his next team meeting? And I think they have their team meetings on Fridays. He'll probably know by the weekend. <laughs> I have Ed's address now, so I should give it to The Rock so The Rock can go and address this in person. <laughs> oh, that's that's a good idea. I like that. Yeah, but I do agree with Ed. Uh, he's still in debt. Like, it'd be one thing like to go in and just buy them all and then hand them the Snickers back, and then you're caught up. But, yeah, no, I get you. Good on Ed, though. Fucking Ed's, al- Ed's always up to something. 234 Fucking th- <laughs> <laughs> listen, they were the the Pod Van Dam boys were crowing uh, Tuesday night when it had eight thousand, like it had six thousand, right? Uh, and Ed in the Discord's like, if this gets to eight thousand likes, I'm quitting the show. And then, like, <laughs> literally as he was typing it, it got to six thousand likes. But the fact that as of this recording, it's at twenty three thousand is amazing. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. Good on Ed. Congratulations, and I'm sure The Rock will soon know who you are if he doesn't already. <laughs> uh, so, hey, thanks, everyone, for calling in. Uh, thanks for participating in the show. Uh, you know, you can help us out by signing up for uh, Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium, a.k.a. Uh, independentwrestling.tv. Use the promo code at odds if you're a new subscriber. It lets Jerry know that you came to him from us. I just learned today that Jerry apparently has less say than I thought he even did uh, at what goes up on Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium. So, again, that's news to me, right? Did somebody stage a coup? Uh, well, <laughs> it's, I don't know. It's people. Uh, we'll talk. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think Jerry's trying to avoid a coup. How about that? All right. All right. Makes sense. Um, you could also go to our T Public store. Uh, they actually, for the first time in almost a month, gave me a heads up. Uh, that 35% uh, off everything from now until December 6th. Uh, get designs inspired by this show, Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, We Need Wrestling. I'm sorry, Final Wrestling Place. We Need Wrestling have their own separate store. Um, hit my music. Um, and you can get those designs and everything from shirts to cell phone covers to notebooks and everything in between. Uh, you could also help us out by making any and all of your purchases through our Amazon click-through affiliate link. It's in the show notes to every single one of these episodes, no matter where it is that you get the episodes. Uh, it gives us a little bit of a kickback. Amazon calls it an advertising fee because if it wasn't for us, you wouldn't know that they exist. I call it the thing that makes Adam happy at the end of the month when he gets his cut of the fucking money. Yeah. 
Some of the notable purchases through the Amazon click-through this past week include uh, somebody purchased a Funko Pop movie Black Adam Winter Convention exclusive. Oh, look at see, you know what? I was listening to Longbox Heroes and people were buying pops through your click-through too. So a lot of people getting in on the pops business at the ground floor, if you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Somebody also bought uh, through the Amazon affiliate link a Star Wars Black Series Boba Fett toy, six-inch scale, the Empire Strikes Back collectible figure, ages four and up, Amazon exclusive. But why did somebody buy this? Because it says it was his prototype armor. And I know prototypes are hot right now, so I assume that's why this was purchased. Uh, prototypes are always hot. Um, everybody who knows anything about toys knows that. And uh, if if you claim to be uh, somebody who's knowledgeable about toys, like let's say I don't know, I'll just pick pick up a random fraud off the top of my head. Like let's say Fig Daddy Cool, and you want to decry the credibility of prototypes, then you're not really a fan or a collector or a professional. But I'm sorry, you were saying I was gonna do a bit regarding a prototype. Uh, with Fig Daddy Cool, but uh, it was going to be one of those bits where it was going to cost me a lot of money. <laughs> so I I've decided against bits. it. I've done those bits. Yeah, I know you've done those bits. <laughs> I almost did that bit on fucking Whatnot this past time. <laughs> Good lord. Anyways. Alright, so hey everyone, thank you very much for any and all the purchases that you've made through the Amazon uh, affiliate link, whether it be this week, this month, this year, this whenever. Uh, every little bit helps. Yeah. Um, and there's some podcasts you should listen to, uh, maybe some of them while you have the chance. And those podcasts are Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, Final Wrestling Place, We Need Wrestling, Porch Talk, Viewer's Choice, WWE War, Wrestling Cheers, Indie Wrestling Guide, Pod Van Dam, Wings on Wings, Between the Sheets, If You Catch My Grift, Hit My Music, and quite possibly for the last time, Joe, The A-Show. Uh, well, hopefully those guys are doing okay over at The A-Show, and that's really all I can say about that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, b- a bunch, a lot of good podcasts there. Um, a lot of podcasts that I listen to. I listen to a lot of goddamn podcasts all the time. Now i got to keep a goddamn eye on the recording here to make sure it doesn't fuck up again. <laughs> um, but... Uh, I think that's it, right? Yeah, I think uh, I think that's about it for the main show. Yeah, except for this bit. Some might cost a little. Some might cost a lot. But I'm the $100 Vansky. And your figures will be bought. Ha 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 Joe, uh, that for some reason I feel like we've done this segment a couple times in the show, but uh, I think now we have time to fully flush it out, and I don't have to do it in such a short, quick segment like I've been doing previously. But before I go on, do you have any purchases? No, you know it's it's the holiday season. Once Thanksgiving hits, um, you know I kind of go into spending freeze for myself, um, you know, because I got holiday stuff. You know, we have our list. Um, everything is ordered. It's just shipping at ver- variety of times, you know. 
Yeah. Uh, like we just had a box of things come in today, and then another box coming in tomorrow. It's like all the different people we have to buy stuff for. So I cut myself off. Anything for myself. You know, if you listen to After Dark this week, uh, you could hear the story how we fleeced Target out of a Black Friday sale the day after <laughs> uh, yeah. for our tree, you know. And that's like, I bought a Christmas tree, you know. Um, I bought ornaments for the tree because uh, there was like a sale and stuff. And I bought a ton of Christmas presents for a bunch of other people that are like family and friends and relatives and shit like that. Uh, nothing for me for the for, like at least until January first, you know. Yeah, remind me when we get off the air. I'm not telling this story on the air because people will also try this opportunity. But I have a really good target fleecing <laughs> process that I just discovered. But uh, this is this is uh, behind a paywall, so I'll tell you later. Um, you're not going to pre-order the Logan Paul Ultimate. We only have another week. Uh, you know what? I'm going to pre-order as many Logan Pauls at Ultimates as I have other Ultimates. Oh, you don't have a single Ultimate? Do you, do, don't they claim that the Coliseum collections oh, yeah. Yeah, are you, Ultimates? Yeah, so you have at least two. Eh, I'm not getting a goddamn Logan <laughs> Paul action figure. <laughs> I haven't ordered one either. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying I, I'm going to, but... Uh, maybe I will out of FOMO. We'll see. I haven't yet, and that's a that's a good step in the right direction, isn't it? Yes. All right. Thank you. I need I need some affirmation on that. All right, Joe. Lots of Black Friday, Cyber Monday. You know, Small Business Tuesday, uh, Toy Shop Wednesday stuff going on over the last week. Uh, we talked a little bit about it last week. I'll be real quick. I made two more purchases for sales. Uh, I bought, I already had one of these, Joe, but I needed a second one. Uh, the McFarlane DC Multiverse Batman versus Azrael 2-pack. Um, it was a $40 box set that I bought back in the day. Entertainment Earth had them on sale for $14, so I bought another one. Why not, right? Batman versus Azrael, huh? Yeah. Who yeah, won that? Who won that battle? Um, well, if you want to talk about like who like is in the hearts and minds of the general public, Azrael clearly won. Uh, if you're talking about that little fight that was like a screw job, might as well have been in fucking Montreal. Then you could say, yeah, technically Bruce Wayne won. I'm not going to give him the Batman name, but uh, it the, the jury's still out on who won that. Joe, we'll just say. All right. uh, but anyways, I got it for fifteen bucks. I needed a spare, and uh, the last thing I got as a deal. Entertainment Earth also had on Cyber Monday uh, Super 7s. These aren't figures that I necessarily wanted. Uh, I definitely want to pay full price for them, which was 55 bucks. But for the low, low price of $20 a piece, I bought the Super 7 of Optimus Prime and uh, the Ghost of Starscream. I think we shared those in some of the group chats and stuff. Those are really nice looking figures. But again, I'm not a Transformers guy. I will say this. With all the sales and everything going on, I saw a ton of the new repro Master of the Universe figures were up, like, super low, like, 10, 11 bucks. Yep. And, again, I say to myself, I'm like, self, (laughs) I'd like those, but I ain't getting one. I'm either getting all (laughs) or nothing. Yeah. So, I I didn't get nothing. I've been saying, you know, in previous weekly purchases that I will buy not only like original reissues, but also reimaginings of Fakor, Mr. Uh, Roboto, and uh, Manny Faces. Those are like my three guys. 
and Target just started putting out, and I haven't found it yet, uh, another reissue of the classic Manny Faces. Yes. And Entertainment Earth has up for pre-order uh, the new, like, reimagining, like, uh, I forget what they're called, Masterverse, I want to say, of both Roboto and Manny Faces. I'm like, fuck, I'm going to be buying a lot of He-Man figures over the next couple months, so uh, it's going to be expensive, but I hear you. But yeah, I had it buy for twenty bucks a piece. Yeah, I'll add them to the collection, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I had another purchase, and I think this is one of the most predictable Adam purchases. But I ordered from Shop AEW the one of three thousand dollars or one of three thousand uh, MJF Chase, you know, to go along with my Omega and Moxley and Jericho and Sheeta ones. You know, we could have picked up the signed one when we were at the pay-per-view last week. I'm not I told you I'm not paying for a signature unless I'm there in person, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's funny, like a lot of people when these AEW uh online exclusives started, like the very first one was the Jericho one. And all these dirty flippers like me went and bought as many of them as we could, and they sold out instantly. And then, like, I made money on it, but a lot of people, like, didn't make money on it or ended up selling them at uh, break-even. And then the Jericho, or I'm sorry, the Moxley one came out. That sold out relatively quickly, but then nobody made any money on it. And then all of a sudden, like, the Omega one took a while to sell out. The Sheeta one you can still get, like, right now. Um, And then the MJF one comes out, and I think, like, as of this afternoon, it was still available, like, two days later. And I think a lot of people are sleeping on the fact that this is the first one of those shop AEW chases that actually has different gear. Like normally it's just a different t-shirt thrown in with the figure, you know, obviously to promote their t-shirt site. But this is the first one where the figure has a different paint job. Uh, And like couple that with the fact that MJF is is hot amongst AEW fans. Um, I think this is like the one to own out of all those. But I would have got it because I'm I'm buying all those. And I'm looking forward to the day when there's like a one of 3,000 like Eddie Kingston or Orange Cassidy or something like that. Uh, or Tay Conti or something that I'll go and grab, you know? <laughs> Gotta have the uh, Eddie in the Christmas sweater. Did you see Eddie and OC have uh, Christmas sweaters on the yeah. AEW line? Yeah. Oh, If there's ever a time to justify like buying something to wear once a year, I might have to do that, you know? Yeah. But I have one last purchase, and then I'm done, Joe. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I think we, we banged them all a little bit earlier in the show, a lot of them. But um, this is a figure... Uh, a wrestling figure uh, that I've had on my eBay save searches uh, for uh, at least a year. And I'm going to tell you when I added it to my save search and it'll make sense to you. And you can maybe shine some light. Uh, when Mr. Avery Good dot dot professional wrestler wrestled Alex Shelley at Sokol's, how long ago was that? That would have been uh, October 2021. Okay, so a little bit more than a year ago, so that is right. I added to my eBay save searches the uh, TNA Wrestling Marvel Toys Alex Shelley figure, which is one of his only two figures. There's this figure, and then there's a Motor City Machine Guns two-pack that came out like a year or two later. Uh, So it's the first and only Alex Shelley figure. I'm going to actually send it to you so you can see what it looks like. But this has been saved on my save search for a year. 
over the course of the year, it only came up once, and it was like $150 plus like $40 shipping because it was coming from like the UK. Uh, I did pass on that. Uh, but earlier today, I got an alert that there was one available for $35 or best offer. So I sent him a best offer of 25 and he countered at 30 and I accepted it in a heartbeat. So I now have not only an Alex Shelley figure, but I dare say a paparazzi productions, Alex Shelley figure. Yes. Yes, indeed. I, I don't know. If I like, I was completely checked out of what like TNA was doing with their figures at that time, you know? Oh yeah. I wasn't collecting at all. You know, yeah. so these, I never heard of these until I started listening to major pod like two, three years ago, you know? Right. I wonder if there was a Nash that they made from that era, you know? Uh, there are Nashes, but, like, it, they're not really... It's not associated with paparazzi production. You know, it's just, here's a Nash from that era. You know, like a short hair, gray hair version. No, or I will even, say... No, he didn't have, he didn't have gray, did he have gray hair then? He did. Okay, yeah. So, there, I think there are some short hair uh, Nashes, but... Uh, this is like, like I said, one of two Alex Shelley figures. There's no other ones, you know. Uh, I will say, um, I was looking at some of the uh, Double J figures recently. Uh, it's, it's it's dipping my toe in that water, and uh, <laughs> his W his WCW figure goes for like two hundred bucks plus. I think that might be a, a case of like recency bias of like, just being like hot because he's on AEW, you know, because he's the best, right? Uh, you remember when you were talking about uh, L.A. Night and you're like, oh, man, I worked myself into this shoot. Mm -hmm. uh, you might want to want to reflect on that when you're talking about Jeff Jarrett. Listen, I've legit been a double J fan for, since 1993. I don't want to hear it. You know, I've been on board for a while. Sure. You know, I might have had some issues with the way things were handled in TNA, uh, specifically when it came to Raven winning the NWA title. And, uh, you know, I was upset at the time and I've gotten the explanation in years since and doesn't make doesn't doesn't uh, uh, remove the way I felt back in 2002, 2003. But at least it gives me a little bit more understanding to things. Right. Yeah. All right. All right fair enough. I'm just just making sure you don't get hurt again, Joe. That's all. That's thank you. And you had mentioned uh, the Alex Shelley match that he had with Avery Good at the LVAC show last October. The LVAC is returning December 23rd to Sokol's. Uh, tickets are on sale as we speak. I got to make sure that I put the link to the tickets in the show notes. Uh, so far, I think the only match announced is Young Jay Lee taking on Lucky Thirteen. Uh, big name wrestlers that wrestle like on TV and on the West Coast and like PWG and shit. Uh, Speedball Mike Bailey and Kevin Blackwood are officially announced. Uh, I don't know the bands, so again, I'm no use there. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm sure you're going to see and hear your usual LVAC favorites, myself, uh, Big Dan Champ, The Boar, Mantis, all your, all the stars will be there. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm hoping I can keep my consecutive LVAC streak going. If the weather's nice, I'll, I'll be out there with you. It's on Festivus. What do you got doing on Festivus? You come down uh, there, That's these are the literal feats of strength, you know? No, I, I well, you know, like I said, as long as the weather's nice. If it's fucking three feet of snow, I'm not driving two hours away, but uh, otherwise I'll be there. Yeah, well, for me, it's only an hour 20 and leave early. <laughs> I already told Dan I was going to crash on his couch. He didn't say no. 
He clicked like on the tweet, so I feel like that's consent. That sounds like a binding contract to me. Yeah, that's true. All right. All right. See you there, then. All right. Cool. Hope to see you there as well. You know, obviously, the I think they announced the date officially two weeks ago, and then they announced it like they started announcing talent like when we recorded last week. But I was in a Thanksgiving haze, so I might have missed it last week. So I got to make sure I add it to the show notes going forward so I don't forget, you know. Yeah. Well, we had a natural segue at the end there, so it worked out. For sure. But That's it for me. So that's it. I only got like three files I got to piece together because Skype was a piece of shit tonight for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> Still the best way to record a podcast, though. As far as I'm concerned. Uh, so, yeah. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. Uh, this was At Odds yeah. with Wrestling 218. Uh, for Adam, this is Joe saying be safe out there and enjoy some wrestling. You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Networks.